Hi, this is Rachel on Recover. We're back with a special guest. Um, she's going to tell us a little bit about herself. She's a nutritionist, and her name is Christy. Um, tell, us, tell us some things about yourself. Thanks, Rachel, and uh, it's very nice to be here with you today. Uh, like you said, I'm Christy, and I am a registered dietitian nutritionist, and I practice out of, uh, out of Phoenix, Arizona, um, in the hot desert, and um, I practice, I've been practicing as a dietitian now for about, you know, 12 years, uh, and mostly within the field of public health and public health nutrition, as well as uh, worksite wellness I've um, focused on, but I'm currently practicing out of the um, local health department here in Phoenix, Arizona, as well as uh, um, working on my own private practice. Um, okay. Um, what got you into nutrition? Yeah, that's a really good question, Rachel. So what got me into nutrition is more of a personal journey. And, um, it, it goes back to, I mean, it goes way back to childhood, to be honest, but where it started like kind of getting into my head and like, you know, focusing on health and nutrition was, uh, in my high school years. Because before I started, you know, the, this focus or before I got into it, I was um, eating in a way that was not uh, nourishing to my body or brain. Um, for example, uh, I, you know, Mountain Dew was my breakfast and a Rice Krispie bar was my breakfast. And I, you know, didn't uh, associate the two, like, well, then why am I not feeling good, you know, later on in the day? Or why do I not have a lot of energy? Or why, you know, do my moods maybe go up and, you know, down? Or do I feel, you know, hangry, as they say, which I didn't have a word for it back then. But nonetheless, I got into just reading, you know, reading, reading, reading. And it was just at that same time where I, you know, was getting really into it that I also was going to college. And I didn't know necessarily what I wanted to uh, major in. So I'm like, you know, this has become a passion for mine. Let me take this route. And then, you know, the rest is history. Um, and it finally led to me to, you know, led me to where I am today. Okay. Um, what do you do as a registered dietitian with nutrition, as diet, dietitian nutritionist? Sure. Yeah, that's a t- it is a tongue twister, and I'm sorry that it's kind of, kind of, uh, I guess tongue twisting, if you will. But what do I um, do? So I do a lot of things, but kind of like just sum it up. Um, my primary focus is on working with other dietitians and other nutritionists to support uh, the development and implementation of trauma-informed care within, you know, nutrition practices within nutrition programs and incorporating them into like larger healthcare organizations like hospitals. Uh, for example, have you heard of SNAP, uh, Supplemental Nutrition yes. Assistance Program? Yeah. So, or, you know, for our audience, formerly known as Food Stamp, the Food Stamps Program. Um, but I work with SNAP-Ed agencies and WIC agencies, uh, school wellness programs, and even like nutrition pantry programs. Um, Again, to help, you know, bring awareness to the role of trauma, adversity, and how that can impact health and health outcomes. But again, also, you know, now that we, you know, 
the people might have that awareness. It's like, what do we do with it? So I help facilitate the process and kind of help deliver the how and how we can start incorporating uh, some of these trauma-informed best practices into, again, um, just the field of nutrition. Um, Yeah, and I was going to say, sorry, also along that line too, um, I also do, like I mentioned earlier, work with worksite wellness programs. And with that worksite wellness, um, just learning or helping people address like employee like burnout or fatigue and just, uh, you know, fostering a resilient uh, organization that can help support people, you know, through tough times, um, but also through, you know, challenging events that, you know, we've been facing as a society as a whole. (laughs) That's true. It's been a rough time to try to buy food right now. Absolutely. It is. And gas prices have also gone up exponentially so that so doesn't much. help but yeah no you make a really good point i was actually what just watching the news tonight and or last night and uh they were just highlighting um uh food banks in our area and just how much um the demand has increased to where food banks are now having to purchase their own food because they're running out of food so it is, it's, it is uh, definitely challenging times for most of us. And, um, you know, food is definitely part of that um, problem. Yeah. So, Well, gas prices are starting to come down. So hopefully it won't be this big of an issue for this long. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> okay. Um, what got you working with people with trauma? did you yeah so that's another good question so what got me into it um it was just I mean by chance if I if I can say that it's um I started working at the health department again like 12 years ago and that's when the idea have you heard of ACEs adverse childhood experiences yes okay and like ACEs but also positive childhood experiences so I started learning about that research and the role of trauma, not only in nutrition, but just health in general. Again, I'm surrounded by so many different professions in the health department. So just hearing these different perspectives and how these ACEs, how these positive also experiences can influence health later on was really impactful to what got me into just diving deeper into the research, as well as making it a, you know, a life passion to be able to help people um, you know, with similar, you know, you know, I, having my own, you know, past, uh, experiences with adversity and trauma. So helping others who, you know, get through what I've experienced and, um, also working, how do I say, uh, a lot of my work too at the health department, you know, is in communities that are less represented, less represented, uh, may have a lack of access to nutritious foods or health uh, uh, healthcare needs. Might be you know uh, working communities with higher levels of violence. So that kind of you know went uh, kind of supported what I was reading in the research and reading about ACEs, but just witnessing it firsthand and just seeing you know nutrition and it wasn't always a pri- priority. Health isn't always a priority when you have other. Uh, situations and and stressors in your life but also just learning how these these stressors in the community actually um, can invoke or 
uh, you know, lead to, they can be traumatic experiences for many people. So, um, it was, it was, you know, what got me into it was, um, you know, just being surrounded by these ideas in the health department and then also working in the community and witnessing some of this stuff firsthand. Okay. Um, what are some adverse and trauma, oh, in some ways, uh, adversity and trauma impact food and eating behaviors? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so adversity and trauma, it can lead to, um, you know, a variety of different uh, behaviors, health behaviors, including those that are dietary related. Um, adversity, you know, can, and trauma can lead to uh, disordered eating patterns, for example, such as, you know, yo-yo dieting or preoccupation with food or binge eating or even, you know, restricting food. Uh, food is, it, it, in those cases, can be used as a coping mechanism, um, can be used as a, as, a, as a way to just soothe, self-soothe, if you will, and to cope, you know, with, you know, with struggles and that trauma. Um, further, you know, experience, like we were just talking about with, you know, hunger, food insecurity, these, those experiences can lead to, you know, feast or famine mindset later in life. So the idea that like when food is available, eating as much as possible because it's kind of been ingrained in your body and your brain that, you know, might not know, you know, not knowing where your next meal might come from. That might have been a childhood experience that then is ingrained in within you to that leads to those um, behaviors. Um, also, just trauma can really uh, it inhibits our, you know, our bodies and our brains. But it, it can take our thinking brain offline, right? So it, we can get into this survival mode to where we're not able to really access the part of the brain to fully engage in these higher level um, cognitive activities that are required, you know, with so many different, uh, um, um, you know, beha food behaviors like meal planning, budgeting, food preparation, you know, planning, et cetera, et cetera. Like when we are under a trauma or when we're experiencing that adversity, sometimes we can't access that part of our brain that is needed to really carry out these healthy behaviors. Um, and I'm thinking, oh, also too, you know, when it comes to trauma, you know, a common symptom is dissociation. So when we're, you know, not really tuning into our bodies and for years not tuning into our bodies, we may not uh, really fully recognize uh, hunger cues or, you know, fullness cues or even like thirst cues. So, you know, when we're not able to recognize when we're hungry or full, that can like lead to overeating or undereating, for example. Um, and then, of course, you know, trauma and, you know, ACEs, adversity has been highly associated, you know, with many uh, diet related outcomes later in life, such as like heart disease, diabetes, uh, you know, kidney disease, for example. Which, you know, traditionally, the focus is then just to treat, you know, provide, you know, the right nutrition, right food to help treat that. Um, but that really ignores some of the, you know, foundational, like, root causes of some of that, of those food behaviors to where it really takes a trauma-informed approach to really dig deeper into, um, you know, the whys, you know, why we eat the way we do or the foods, we, why we eat the foods that we do. Okay. Um, what is considered a balance 
approach to nutrition? Yeah, so I get asked that a lot. And really, it comes down to just eating a variety of, you know, nutrition foods. You know, there's the food, you know, fruits, vegetables, uh, whole grains, um, you know, protein foods, healthy fats, for example. It's it's enjoying a variety of nutritious foods, but also, you know, eating the foods that you really enjoy. So I don't ever recommend cutting out any type of food, like especially if those foods are the ones that you truly enjoy. Like for me, you know, I, I like sweets. So rather than restrict or, you know, you know, cut them out, you know, include those, you know, in moderation. Um, but just, I advise people to not restrict, um, to not necessarily cut out the foods that they enjoy. Um, and just, you know, find patterns that can be sustained, right? So, you know, what, what a diet that you can then do for the rest of your life versus just a temporary solution that's not sustainable. Um, and then a, a big approach with people too is just learning to um, recognize um, and respond to hunger and fullness cues, uh, and also helping people, you know, to balance blood sugar. So it's it's key to balance blood sugar levels. You know, eating a carbohydrate-rich food with a protein or fat-rich food because this help can you know steady blood sugar. Which, you know, when our blood sugar drops um, or it's not steady, it's too high, this can lead to changes in our mood, changes in energy level, etc. So, you know, to sum it up, you know, eat a variety of foods. Don't cut out any foods that you enjoy. Um, you know, learning to recognize hunger and satiety. And then just you know, focusing on balancing blood sugar levels. Okay. Um, what would be considered a healthy diet? But I think we pretty much went over this. So what would be considered a healthy diet? So a healthy diet would be, you know, having balance. So balancing the right foods. So again, like I said, balancing blood sugar, eating the right foods to keep your blood sugar steady, but also um, incorporating the foods that you truly enjoy um, and not restricting any type of food. Um, but yeah, eating, you know, just a variety of carbohydrates, variety of protein, variety of fats. Okay. Um, what is the best advice you would give to a trauma victims out there? The best advice I would, um, recommend would be, it would be, you know, to be, patient with ourselves, to be kind with ourselves through this journey of self-care and journey of behavior change. I always say, you know, it, it took years for us to develop, you know, these some unwanted or, you know, potentially unhealthy coping strategies. We can't expect ourselves to just change overnight. You know, habits aren't, aren't changed overnight. So just be patient with yourself and be patient um, and kind with yourself, you know, through the entire journey. Um, what should people who are listening do if they want more and more, more one-on-one -on -one help with nutrition? Absolutely. So I just want to first say I'm not, I don't currently uh, do one-on-one -on -one, like type of counseling. However, you know, people can reach out to me and I can get them in touch with people that do. 
Um, but the, the type of uh, support I provide is, you know, more kind of organizational programs, um, uh, systems level, but I can be reached at my website, which is habits to heal.com. So H A B I T S the number two, and then H E A L.com. Okay. Well, um, I guess anything else you would like to add? I don't, oh shoot, um, I can't think of anything right now, but I do definitely uh, appreciate you reaching out to me and this opportunity to share a little bit more uh, about trauma and nutrition and trauma-informed nutrition care. Okay. All right, guys, thanks for listening. Tune in uh, next Thursday at 10 a.m. Always follow us on your favorite social media platform or on your favorite podcast, and if you have any questions or want to reach out, Always go to rachelandrecovery.com, and we've got some new resource pages up, so check those out.